fun to watch. Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Hello, Utah Street. Five, four, three, two, one. Just when you thought we've waited enough, we're going to have to wait for Nationals baseball a little bit longer. Welcome in to an emergency episode of the Mass and All Access podcast, everybody. Bobby Blanco here. I'm going to be joined by our very own Mark Zuckerman in just a few minutes. Um, while we kind of wrap our heads around what just happened over the last 24 hours or so with the Nationals having their opening day game against the Mets postponed. Uh, if you're tuning live, uh, be sure to be comment along on Facebook, YouTube, or Insta- uh, excuse me, Twitter on the Mass and Nationals accounts, and be sure to subscribe to all those accounts and hit notifications so you'll get uh, a, a buzz when we do go live for moments just like this. Um, it's been a, a wild whirlwind. We're going to talk about what we know so far, where the Nationals go from here uh, after their uh, disappointing uh, series of events um, from yesterday morning. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Mass and All Access podcast on all your podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud, wherever you find the podcast uh, for uh, updates when they come up. Uh, we'll be updating you throughout the course of uh, these events. Let's bring in Mark Zuckerman from MassInSports.com. No one else better to talk about. And Mark, I wish that we were talking more about uh, an actual baseball game um, and, and the start of a brand new season, a regular season, uh, not just in terms of not spring training, but 162 games. But alas, uh, COVID said not so fast. And uh, here we are uh, 24 hours later, kind of still processing what just happened and trying to gather as much information as we can. Yeah, Bobby, you know, before we went on, we were talking about how, you know what I would love to do more than anything right now is go cover a baseball game with my own eyes, a game that actually counts and only cover the baseball part of it, not the other stuff. Unfortunately, we're not there yet. Hopefully within a few days here, we will be, but we're not there yet. And, you know, it is it is a reminder to everyone that we're not out of this thing yet. Yeah. As much as we wanted to believe that 2021 was different and it is different in a lot of ways, but it's not normal yet. We're not there yet. Hopefully soon, as this plays out a little further, as there's more vaccinations and uh, the virus is more under control. But for now, they are still playing in a pandemic, and there's a lot that can happen because of that, and we're seeing it now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, oh, first and foremost, Mark, I uh, just want to check in on you. How are you doing, your family? Everyone's staying safe and healthy. And uh, I know you haven't been – you were supposed to go to the ballpark Wednesday and Thursday, of course, but you weren't able to. But everyone's doing well on your end? Yeah, no, we're all good. My family's ready to – kick me out of the house they want me to go cover some games they've had enough of me down here so yeah yeah I, like i said hope, hopefully soon and and then uh hopefully by some point this summer they'll be begging me to come home they'll say how come you're gone all the time because it's been a long time since that's been the case yeah it's, it's a tough balance when you're covering sports um and in this in this day and age too you're either home all the time or you're uh, always on the road so uh it's that's an interesting balance um well here's what we know so far um of course this is almost exactly 24 hours to win buster Olney. Uh, reported that the Nationals and Mets game on Thursday night was postponed. We know, as of right now, this is Thursday morning, uh, three players, Nationals players, have tested positive. There was one from Wednesday morning from their round of testing when they left West Palm Beach on Monday. Uh, and they had two more returned positive uh, yesterday morning, Thursday morning, from, Mark, I believe, the round that they took when they got back. So that would be Wednesday. 
Correct. Wednesday morning's test, they got the results Thursday afternoon. Okay. Um, and then Mike Rizzo also mentioned that there is one more likely positive test among the group. All of this stemming from the original test, uh, positive test that returned from Monday before they left West Palm Beach. Uh, and kind of those uh, players that were uh, deemed close contact with the original player. Again, we don't know any of the names of the players. We don't know who is uh, the ones that were tested positive, you know, position groups. Uh, we're going to talk about the roster in a little bit. Um, and we'll also hear from Mike Rizzo from his press conference yesterday. Um, but uh, uh, Mike Rizzo mentioned that they are the team, the whole team, not just those infected or, or uh, deemed close contacts, are in a, quote, Mike Rizzo-mandated quarantine uh, obviously, opening day will not be made up today on Friday, uh, and we are uncertain. It's still kind of up in the air about Saturday and Sunday's game. Mark, is that pretty much covered the basis of anything I miss out? No, I think you've got it there, and I think the key point that people need to, to recognize is that uh, though they have not said anything about the status of Saturday and Sunday's games yet, I think the reason for that is they're waiting for the next round of test results to come in. So they took another round of tests Thursday morning, they should have those results this afternoon. And I think that's going to be the determining factor of whether there's any chance of playing this weekend. If there's another positive test in there, I don't see any chance that they're playing this weekend. Even if there's zero positive tests, I'm not 100% certain that they will be comfortable playing yet. But that would be, in my mind, their only chance of playing this weekend. They need to know, without any shadow of a doubt, that whatever players they're putting on the field are not at risk of infecting themselves or the other team, the Mets, or even the fans or anybody else that they might somewhat come into contact with. Remember, there's a lot more people in the ballpark now than before. So that's a lot of steps, a lot of hurdles they have to cross before they're cleared to go. So even though we haven't heard officially about Saturday and Sunday, I'm not really holding my breath here. Um, I think it's more likely that they don't play than they do. Hey, fingers crossed, maybe the next round of tests, everything comes back clean and they're good to go. But based on how we saw them do these things last year, they always erred on the side of caution, especially because it's early in the season. My, my hunch would be they are more likely not to play than to play. Yeah, and you wrote that as much on the blog. Let's see the official statement from MLB. And this is the only thing that we know so far from MLB, and aside from what Mike Rizzo and Davey Martinez told us yesterday, tonight, obviously meeting Thursday night scheduled, a game between the Nats and the Mets were postponed. Ongoing contact tracing is going between the members of the Nationals organization. And the phrase abundance of caution, and that's kind of what you alluded to, uh, Mark, is that the, the what we saw last year, how kind of the beginning of the season started um, with uh, issues with the Marlins and with the Cardinals. Um, major League Baseball is probably not going to risk uh, uh, another team having a major outbreak like we saw at the beginning of last season. Um, and you wrote so as much on the blog. Uh, this was your initial uh, uh, story that you had posted Friday afternoon after the announcement of the postponement. Um, it would not be surprising if the league takes an ultra-cautious approach and postpones one or more of those games if there is still reason to believe any uniform personnel could put others on the field at risk, just like you said. Um, so, like, I, I know there's a lot of uncertainties, Mark. Um, you probably know a little more than I do, but still not as much as we, we would like to know. Um, just what would it take for the Nationals? I mean, you and I are both kind of uncertain about how they're going to play Saturday and Sunday. I, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't think that the Nationals and the Mets will be able to get uh, this series underway this weekend. But what will it take for the Nationals and Mets to play? I mean, a lot will have to happen probably this afternoon for them to give the, the green light to play on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, so today, this afternoon is the key. Like I said, when the, the next round of results come in, so 
let, let's be clear. I know the dates get confusing here and, and people aren't keeping track of yeah. what happened when. You had the very first round of tests on Monday, their last day in West Palm Beach. Those results came in in the middle of the night, Wednesday morning. That's where they got the first positive test result. Then because of that, everybody took another round of tests on Wednesday morning. Those results came in Thursday afternoon, and that's where the uh, two confirmed positive tests and one more likely positive test came in. And so now, because of that, they took another round of tests. They didn't wait two days like they normally would. They did the very next day. So Thursday morning's tests, the results should come in Friday afternoon. That's this afternoon. And they've all got to come back clean. That, that's the only way, I think, the only path they have to being able to play this weekend. And like I said, even if that's the case, if they're still contact tracing, if they are concerned that there's still a wider group of players, you know, we don't really know how this thing spread, but I, I, it's not hard to think of an idea here that the one player who originally had it got on the team plane on Monday night in West Palm Beach, flew to D.C., and that those other people who have now tested positive uh, and the other close contacts were probably sitting close to him. That that would be my hunch. Uh, and so you have all these other people on the plane as well. And maybe the initial test wasn't positive, but they still need to know for certain. This isn't like a case where everyone was at home and somebody tested positive. They were all confined in the same small spot for several hours. So I think that's where the concern is here. And that's why they need to know without a shadow of a doubt that there are no more positive tests and that anybody they put out there on the field would not be at risk. And then keep in mind also, they're all, like you said, in, in Mike Rizzo quarantine right now. So the players aren't even at the ballpark other than they're allowed to come in for their testing. And that's it. So uh, they're not just all of a sudden going to say, okay, come on to the ballpark, we're playing. You know, they would need a, at least some kind of opportunity to gather in advance, maybe have a workout the day before or something like that. So it, there's a lot of things that have to go right. And I, I don't want to, you know, be completely Debbie Downer here. Maybe there's a chance but I'm not super optimistic that it's going to happen this weekend. Yeah, I, I agree with you too. And and just like we've said, the abundance of caution phrase. I think the the uh, in, in the worst way, baseball kind of learned its lesson last year in terms of not really messing around with this and trying to force the issue. And and also, I think Mark that the fact that we're playing 162 games this season, there's that's less of an urgency to get this underway right now. Let's. You know, I think there's something to be said, like, hey, let's get this taken care of right now. We've got all the time in the world to, to fit in the regular season or as many games as possible. Last year with the 60 game, it was kind of a crunch and, and it was way more necessary uh, to complete the season in terms of, you know, uh, playoffs and standings and stuff like that. Yeah. And the fact that they're playing the Mets, who are a division opponent, right. and they have two more trips here later uh, in the season. And so, yeah, it, if this was, you know, the Dodgers in opening day and this was their one and only trip here. Maybe it's a little different story, um, but because it's a division opponent that's nearby that comes back here again, and because we're talking about the very first series of the season, I think, like I've been saying, they're going to err more on the side of caution here and recognize that there will be opportunities to make these up down the road at a time when hopefully players are vaccinated, the virus is more under control, everything is in better shape. So that would be maybe the silver lining of all, yeah. all this. Well. Let's um, hear from the head man himself, the man who put his own team in quarantine. Uh, that was a funny line from yesterday's press conference. But Davey Martinez and Mike Rizzo 
stepped up to the mic and joined a Zoom call with reporters, uh, both locally and nationally, to discuss what was going on. They spoke for about 20, 25 minutes yesterday. And uh, uh, let's listen to what Mike Rizzo had to say, opening statement, and then also questions about the timeline uh, for this series against the Mets and how the Nationals will proceed from here. Uh, just an update on our, our COVID situation here. Uh, unfortunately, we've had two additional confirmed COVID tests uh, uh, today. Uh, both our players, both are already in quarantine due to contact tracing. Uh, we have a, a, a likely positive that requires additional testing. That won't be uh, completed till tomorrow. Uh, and that person, out of precaution, has been put into quarantine. So in total, we have three confirmed positives and one likely positive. And they're all players. So uh, we have, uh, you know, the contact tracing has begun for the, for the additional players uh, uh, beyond the, uh, the one we had yesterday. Uh, they were all identified uh, and, uh, and, you know, we're working diligently to, uh, to get all those, all those players in quarantine. Uh, for the most part, the, the whole team has been, you know, we put them in lockdown and, and uh, they're self-quarantining, uh, but the, these players in particular have, uh, have been following the protocols and, and have quarantined. Mike, I wonder if you have any idea about a timeline when we might know when you could play. Is it possible the Mets series will just be washed and you would start on Monday? Do you have any sort of specifics on that? You know, we're not sure, Barry. We, you know, we're we're doing extensive uh, uh, contact testing uh, today after the after the uh, the new positive. So uh, when uh, when we find out just the amount of people and and where they're at in in their uh, timeline. Uh, we'll have a, a, a lot better uh, a picture of this. Uh, you know, we're following, we're, we're in close contact with, uh, with M MLB protocols and the DC protocols. So, uh, so we're, we're, you know, we're communicating very, very well. And uh, obviously our, uh, our, our intent is to, is to play. And uh, if, if, but if that's it, we need to do that in a safe and uh, a, a safe manner to protect the players and their families, our fans and, uh, and our staff members. So. And then do, do you have any, I don't know that this matters, but do you know where this started? Was it, do you have a sense of whether it was a player breaking protocol or, or not? We've got, uh, I've got uh, the utmost confidence that it was not a player breaking protocol. We were very diligent in spring training throughout the whole spring training. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, the, the day we landed in DC was the day we got our, our first positive. So it was, uh, uh, we could, it's only conjecture uh, on 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 what uh, what happened and when it happened, and we don't want to get into that. Uh, this is uh, uh, this is a serious business. It's about people's health and these players. Uh, uh, I, I you know they're they're obviously they're very important to me and to and to uh, and to our organization. And uh, but they're people, and we've lost over a half a million people uh, because of this uh, virus. And uh, there's nothing to joke about. There's nothing to point fingers over. And, uh, and I believe that uh, we we've, we've done it the right way all of last year and throughout all of spring training. And, uh, and I, I believe that uh, this was just uh, some isolated, isolated incident. A little more clarity there from Mike Rizzo, but still a lot of unanswered questions. Uh, he doesn't even seem like he knows the answers to Mark. I think it was something also important to, uh, to point out that did not make that cut was that uh, Mike Rizzo was emphatic that this was not a case of uh, a player breaking protocol. He said he was 100% confident that no Nationals player broke protocol. They still don't understand how the virus was contracted in, into the clubhouse or by that player and how it was spread. Uh, so I think that's something important to keep in mind here, that this wasn't a Nationals player 
being um, a little lackadaisical with the rules and with this virus. It was just an unfortunate incident. Yeah, uh, you know, it's so hard. We always want to know how did this happen, but it's important to remember these guys weren't in a total bubble in West Palm Beach. They were uh, living in their spring training homes and apartments, and some players had family with them as well. And those family members were allowed to go out and go to the grocery store and go pick up food at restaurants and, and things like that. So it, you know, we don't really know, but it's entirely possible that it was a family member that passed it on uh, to the player. You know, the other thing we haven't really talked about here, we, we sort of gloss over the fact, but at least three and maybe four players on the Nationals have COVID-19 right now. And one of them was symptomatic that we know so far had a fever. The others, at least as of yesterday, were asymptomatic. But you do hope everyone is fine. We, we do kind of forget that it can be a deadly uh, illness. And, and fortunately, there haven't been cases of professional athletes getting that seriously ill and, and certainly none have died. But um, it's not nothing. And so, you know, we should remember that fact that uh, whether it's players or anyone else that they've passed it along to, uh, that it is a serious matter and that, you know, first and foremost, they need to get healthy again. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, now that you mentioned it, it was kind of like irksome yesterday seeing fans' reaction to the game postponed. Look, I get it. It's disappointing. You know, opening day is a special day. People are looking forward to a new season. But these are people that are, are now sick and are dealing with this and a very serious virus. And they didn't want to get COVID. You know, they didn't do this on purpose to sabotage the whole thing. It was just an accident that happened. Uh, so that we've got to, you know, t treat it as such and take it seriously and hope that they're okay. And now we've got a fourth person probably uh, positive, hopefully not. Um, and then hopefully it doesn't spread even further. Um, Mark, another question that we get a lot, actually, and, and um, I, I, I think I know the answer, but I, I think people would rather hear you clarify it. What's the difference between this situation and what we saw last year on opening day? Because Juan Soto tested positive the morning of opening day. The Nationals still went on and played the game against the New York Yankees and completed that series What's the difference between that uh, situation and this one? Yeah, so at that point, uh, remember, they had had their summer training in D.C., so there was no no travel involved. The, the round of testing they had gone through, the players had been you know separate. They were living in their apartments in D.C. and weren't allowed really to go anywhere else besides the ballpark. So when Soto's positive test came through, he was the only one on the team. Nobody else did test positive. They didn't, uh, at that time, they said there was no reason to worry about the contact tracing or that anyone had been deemed a close contact. So again, remember, they weren't on an airplane. I think that's the key here. You can be in a clubhouse because they're spread out. You can be on the baseball field. And you may have a very brief interaction with someone else, but you're not having a sustained, you know, 15 minutes or more in a closed space environment. And that's why there were no close contacts deemed last time around. So Soto was a unique case the only one who tested positive, no close contacts. At the in the end of it all, they do believe that it was a false positive, but that didn't necessarily change the procedure as far as everything went. So that's why they were able to play the game. I do remember that day when we first heard, thinking, "Wait, they're still going to play the game tonight? How is that safe? Is that dangerous?" Uh, and I think now we've learned a little bit more, and I'm sure MLB has learned more about how to approach these things and and what the appropriate steps are. We forget those first couple weeks last season. They were baseball was the guinea pig for the entire sports world. They were the first ones up. All of this was new. They had protocols and ideas in place, but they knew they were going to have to make changes and adjustments along the way. And they did. If that same thing happened now, maybe it would have been treated differently. Fortunately, it didn't cause a, a problem other than Soto having to miss a week of games. Um, but that's the difference primarily is that 
they were already in D.C. and there weren't any other close contacts. And so they were comfortable letting the rest of the team take the field, uh, knowing that none of them had tested positive. Yeah. Um, I think one more uh, point of business to, to get to as we kind of wrap up. I mean, that we pretty much covered everything, I, I think, so far, at least what we know. Again, this is uh, Friday morning, so we're hoping that we'll get more information maybe later today as uh, the Nationals test results start coming in uh, from the test that it took yesterday. But, uh, Mark, the state of the roster, and Mike Rizzo didn't have too many answers to this either, or, or he was keeping his, his cards close to his chest, uh, but, you know, here's the thing. We don't know, again, we don't know the players that were tested positive or have been affected or, or you know, deemed close contacts. Um, and, and there was some confusion there, too, that we didn't talk about, like, the timeline for those guys. We, we know that it's 10 days per MLB protocol for those who test positive, seven days of quarantining for those who are uh, deemed close contacts. But D.C. has a different set of regulations. Uh, so, real quick, I mean, Mike Rizzo wasn't too clear on this one either. He seemed like they're wor- they, they are working with both uh, entities in terms of the D.C. health government and, uh, and the MLB. But, uh, I mean, these guys, these five players, maybe more, we could be seeing out for 10 days, 14 days. Or what, what's the timeline there? Yeah, right. That's the important thing to remember here is that even if the team is cleared to play, whether it's this weekend or Monday or even not till next week, these players may not be a part of the roster for a little while longer um, than that. And you're right that Major League Baseball has its protocols, how many days you have to sit out, and D.C. has stricter protocols. And that was part of the reason that Soto had to miss as much time as he did last year, even though he got nothing but negative tests after the initial potentially false positive, no symptoms. Uh, He felt like he was good to go. The team felt like it, and MLB would have been okay with it but they had to adhere to the district standards. So not to look too far ahead here, but we could get to a point where MLB says that all or some of these players are eligible to return and DC says, no, you can't do it yet. And this could be yet another chapter in the Washington DC versus Washington Nationals saga that's gone on for a long time. We'll see, I don't wanna jump the gun too much on this, but it's something to keep in the back of your mind that we don't really know exactly how that's gonna play out. Off the top, I mean, so because is that because, and this is something I don't know, so I'm asking you generally, is this that because the test came back positive in DC? Like the Nationals head uh, to LA a week from now, or supposed to at least. If they're able to do that, and are those players allowed to go with them if they clear MLB protocols? And then are they then, if California's protocols are different than DC's, are they then allowed to be on the roster and play? How does that work? Do you know? That's a great question, and I hadn't thought about that aspect of it. I'm, I'm not entirely sure of the answer. It probably would have to do with what the local travel restrictions are. California may not let anyone in right. if you've tested positive within the last X number of days. And so they're scheduled to be there, what, a week from today yeah. is when that, uh, that series at Dodger Stadium opens. So I wouldn't be surprised, even if some of these players are cleared to go, if the state of California doesn't allow them to enter yet it's a great question i hadn't even thought about that part yet oh, well something to look to start investigating um as we uh kind of drag along through this whole situation um uh to, to wrap up i mean uh, i guess a, a small positive out of this mark as i, I, I take a look uh, we thought would be the opening day roster it was interesting the nationals didn't even announce their opening day roster yesterday for obvious reasons uh, them and the mets were like the only teams who didn't have to do that uh before the noon deadline um 
But I thought it was interesting. We look, we saw reports. I think it was Wednesday night. Uh, Jesse Dockerty, you confirmed uh, a couple of reports too that we got. We saw some guys coming up from the alternate training site. Uh, Sam Clay, left-handed reliever. Uh, Tres Barrera, backup catcher. Um, Yadiel Hernandez in the outfield, and Luis Garcia for the infield. So, in a sense, uh, Mark, that's sound. That's to me seems like a good thing in that it wasn't one whole position group that was affected. You know, it's not your entire bullpen or all your infielders, or all your outfielders. It wasn't an entire position group that was affected. It seems like, the writing on the wall seems like it's kind of sporadic in that it's that might be a little easier for the Nationals to kind of piece together a roster when they're eventually able to play. Yeah, it's a good point, and that may prove to be true, but I, again, I want to caution everyone on that. Um, those decisions were made uh, you know, on Wednesday, which at that point there was only the one known positive test and then the other close contacts. So there's a reason those moves really were never official. You know, they, they notify players, hey, we're going to need you to come on up. But that was never officially processed. And the reason they haven't announced a roster, the reason they haven't announced any moves, is that, as we know, things can change. And so if players test negative, players test positive, um, that could change ultimately what their decision is of who they want uh, on the 26-man roster to start the season whenever that is if they don't start the season until sometime next week maybe one of these players is eligible to come back and one of those names that was reported that was being called up never does actually get called up so yeah i i had the same interpretation as you and thinking okay well we know it's not the whole rotation or uh you know it, it's not everybody from the lineup or something like that but i would be careful not to read too much into who those names were because those decisions were made before they knew the full extent of how many people were positive and how many people were going to be out. Um, sort of a preemptive mood that was never made official. So let's wait and see for sure about that. You hope it doesn't cost them on the field too terribly. That That's obviously secondary to everyone's health. Um, but they're going to be playing with a depleted roster. Wherever it is, uh, whatever positions it is, they're going to be with a depleted roster at a time that they've got a brutal schedule to start the season. Right. Mets, Braves, Dodgers, Cardinals, um, they knew going into this that was going to be a, a really tough stretch for them, even when they're at full strength. And clearly they're not going to be at full strength whenever they do get started to play. Another question that's popped up a lot, Mark, and, and as, while we're on the topic, is the, the players at the alternate training site. And everyone's saying, well, isn't that the whole purpose of that site? Can't they just bring those guys in and start playing? Uh, what would you say to those people who have been asking those questions? So, yes, you're right in theory. The issue here was the timing of it all. Uh, keep in mind, everybody was in Florida on Monday for the spring training finale, and then everybody had to come to D.C. That includes the major leaguers and the minor leaguers. Now, some of those players who are now in Fredericksburg at the alternate camp were on the team charter. Some of them did drive back themselves with their families, uh, so they would not have been close contacts with the others on the plane. But until they are settled in in Fredericksburg for several days as a group, until they go through their, um, you know, protocols and everything, I don't think you could say with 100% certainty that none of them were infected or that none of them were at risk. Now, the good news was uh, on Thursday, we were told that they all have tested negative. So that is good. But I'm not sure just that one first test is enough to make that happen. Maybe after a few days, once they're all locked in place, and they're confident that nobody is infected there, then that would allow them to you know, call up whoever they needed, in, in theory, an entire roster if they had to do that. 
So look, if this whole thing happened a month from now, I think it's a different story. That camp has been established. Anybody's able to be called up and sent down. But because of the unusual timing of it, where it, it coincided with the end of spring training, the flight to DC and now opening day, they just were not in a position to be able to call anybody up from Fredericksburg and, and say with certainty that they weren't at risk. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. And and I, I wonder if, because Dave Martino was, was asked yesterday, uh, what are the players doing right now? Like those who aren't have been affected, how are they staying in shape? What are they doing? And he said, he gave some instructions to them. If, you know, throw the ball if you can. If you've got a batting cage at home, maybe take some swings, do your conditioning, stuff like that. I wonder if, because Mike Rizzo did say that the first intake testing at Fredericksburg all came back negative. They're fine over there. I wonder if it gets to a point where this is prolonged even more than we hope it won't be. But if it is, it's prolonged more than we, we anticipate I wonder if they can turn in Fredericksburg because we know they're not allowed to be at Nationals Park except for testing. Um, I wonder if they'll have to use Fredericksburg as a site uh, to start practicing more uh, so they are fully prepared to go whenever uh, their season gets underway. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know the answer to that one. Um, are they allowed to co-mingle the two camps or would they have yeah. to keep them separate? I honestly don't know the answer to that, but it, it, they're going to have to find some creative ways, obviously, to get guys ready for whenever they do start. I remember hearing the stories last year about you know, I think there was the Cardinals were holed up in a hotel in Milwaukee for maybe a week and guys were taking the, the mattresses, putting them up on the wall and firing baseballs at yeah. them. To the, the pitchers were doing that. So, I mean, you got to find out and do whatever you can to stay in shape. And, you know, in all likelihood, as much as we were already saying, OK, how much of spring training performance is going to impact what we see when the season starts? And there's already maybe not a whole lot of correlation there. There's really going to be no correlation anymore yeah. because these guys will have had time off, gotten cold, and haven't even been able to work out. So they're basically starting from scratch whenever the season does begin. Yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Of course, we wish everyone stays healthy and safe. And those who have been affected at the Nationals, they get a full recovery and are able to rejoin the team uh, sooner rather than later. Um, Mark, I'm so happy that we have you on our team. I really appreciate the time. I know you've been real busy over the past 24 hours. So uh, thank you so much for able to hop on uh, real quick on the podcast to, to help uh, kind of break this down. My pleasure, Bobby. I look forward to seeing you and everyone else at the ballpark, hopefully soon. Yes. When fans are allowed back in Nationals Park, let's make 5,000 sound like 50,000. How about that? Um, of course, give Mark a follow on MassInSports.com. Uh, the blog, he's been up to date with every single news uh, issue that breaks. Also on Twitter, at Mark Zuckerman. Uh, not on Facebook, but uh, on Twitter. And of course, uh, subscribe to his new podcast, Snatch Chat Podcast. Him and Al Galdi will be breaking down every single Nationals game throughout the course of the regular season uh, the night of. So you'll have uh, breakdowns from them uh, throughout the course of the season. Give him a follow. Uh, podcaster now, uh, Mark. You're, you're adding to your resume. It's impressive. I've got too many balls juggling in the air right now, but it's been fun. I'm enjoying it. And this news has not helped, I'm sure. So uh, like you said, I wish you were just covering baseball instead of, you know, having to cover health issues as well. That is true. Although I've always said to be a sports writer nowadays, you have to be an expert in everything. Medicine, the law, uh, economics, yep. labor, all of it. You can't do this job without being fluent in almost every subject. Right yeah, now. who would have thought? Well, Mark, thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Stay safe, stay healthy. Hope you see you soon. All right. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this week's Mass and All Access podcast. Of course, you can catch out the Mass and All Access podcast on all your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you get podcasts. 
You can check out the Mass and All Access podcast. I teased a special announcement on our episode two days ago. Uh, that's going to be on hold for a couple of days while this Nationals uh, COVID situation gets sorted through. But it is coming, hopefully, within the next week, whenever the Nationals baseball gets underway. Uh, you will have a full breakdown on what, what that special announcement will be and something new we're going to be bringing to you uh, listeners throughout the course of this regular season. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, hopefully this was an informative part of your uh, Friday morning. And um, as we wait for the more Nationals news, stay tuned with MassInSports.com. Uh, Mass and Nationals social media accounts will have you updated uh, whenever we know well, what's going on with the Nationals. Thank you again so much for tuning in. I'm Bobby Blanco. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Bobby underscore Blanco. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll see you uh, sometime next week, hopefully talking baseball. <laughs> <laughs>